This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Come to the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. We watch movies, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. You get to hear us talk about both, or you have to hear us talk about both. <laughs> John is not with us tonight. Uh, he found out that they cast Ruby Rose as Batwoman and he decided he needed to take some time with his thoughts. But joining me tonight <laughs> are some voices that you've probably heard before. We've got Rick, how are you sir? And I'll not rock, y'all. <laughs> And Virginia is here as well. Hello. It was a nice, cool 96 degrees today. Wow. Temperature's coming down finally. Yeah. (laughs) That's downright chilly. I hope you got a sweater. (laughs) (laughs) And from the Quantum Leap podcast, Mr. Christopher DeFilippis. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Insert witty quip here. All right. And uh, we're going to dig into some news on this episode. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that we've been watching lately. There's a lot of stuff that's come out over the past couple weeks that we want to talk about. Uh, We've also, you know, at least I know I've seen a few movies and TV shows that that I want to mention. But um, I want to play a game first. And I want to play a game that I have not tried yet. And I don't even really have a name for it yet. (laughs) But uh, it. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Well, the rules, it'll sound familiar once I explain to it. What we're going to do is, um, since there's three people playing, we'll do three of these. It goes like this I'm going to pick two of you. I'm going to name an actor or an actress who has a large body of work. The first player will tell me how many movies that he or she can name starring that actor in 20 seconds. Player two can then decide if he or she wants to do more than that in the same amount of time, or you can tell the first player to just go for it. And then the first player gets to decide if they want to do that or if they want to let the uh, let player two handle it. So, you know, it, it's kind of a variation on uh, games that we've, we've seen before. But um, you guys up for it? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Sounds- it sounds like I'll say no, it'll really blow him off. It's going to be like you're going to be on the spot, and you're going to be able to think of maybe one movie and say, "Shit, damn!" Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm going to start. I'll start with with Rick in Virginia. All right. So Rick, how mm-hmm. many Matt Damon movies can you name in 20 seconds? Oh, five. All right, Virginia. Do you think you can beat five? Hmm. <sighs> I <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. All right. So Rick, I'm gonna start. A, I'm gonna start the timer when I say go. Name five Matt Damon movies. Okay. Ready. All right. Set. Go. Uh, uh, Dogma. Um. Oh, this is gonna be embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> Dogma. Team America. He was in Team America, right? 
I've never um, seen Team America. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> okay. Um, um, Deadpool 2. Uh, 20 seconds. That's it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got a chance to steal? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll All right. you a chance to steal. Hold on. Let me let me start the clock over. Okay. Ready, set, go. So Rubicon, The Informant, Downsizing, The Martian, um, The Talented Mr. Ripley, Oceans it. 11, 12, 13, <laughs> Elysium. I'm a Matt Damon fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized about three seconds in that... I was conflating Matt Damon and Brad Pitt. Uh, <laughs> well, Ocean's 11, 12, and 13 yeah, were working there, Yeah, they made some Ocean's movies together. <laughs> I, I, should, I should have just said the Bourne movies, but... That's the ones I don't think of. That's yeah, funny. you could have named those three off the... Yeah. And, just, and the basically, Martian. Basically, even... any movie where somebody has to be saved, and Matt Damon's in, <laughs> in that movie. All right, so uh, all right, so since since Chris won that round, I'll give this one to Chris and Virginia. Um I'll start with Virginia. Virginia, how many Samuel L. Jackson movies can you name in 20 seconds? Oh, God. Um, I will say not very many. Like, <laughs> I'll also go with five. Okay. Chris, can you beat five? I can try six. Okay. Virginia, do you want to try to beat six, or do you want to let Chris do it? I will hand it over to Chris. All right, Chris. Uh, when I say go, ready, set, Go. Snakes on a Plane, The Avengers, uh, The Revenge of the Sith, um, Die Hard, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, um, Iron Man, and uh, Infinity War. Yep, you got it. Six. Six. (laughs) I had to go. I I didn't want to go to the Marvel well, but I I just had to. You could, yeah, you could have just named uh, three Marvel movies and three Star Wars movies, and you would have. Yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah, I was, I was gonna yeah. say Jurassic yeah. Park, and wasn't he like in Deep Blue something or other? Deep blue sea. Oh, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, and Pulp I'm kicking fiction. myself I mean, for not lot. mentioning. Django. I want to mention un- Unbreakable. Pulp yeah, fiction. Unbreakable. Oh right, right. There's a million of them, but yeah. oh, I'm on the spot. <laughs> well, yeah, when you have to, when you have to think of them on the spot. Yep. All right, all right. So uh, okay, Chris got that one. I'm gonna do this one between Chris and Rick. How many <laughs> how many Sandra Bullock movies can you name in 20 seconds? Oh man. <laughs> uh Rick. Oh Jesus. <laughs> um Oh, let's see. Uh, um <laughs> I got four. Okay. Chris, can you beat four? I have to come up with a fifth. Um, <laughs> let me try. Let, I'll, I'll go five. Okay. You, Rick, you, you got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ready, set, go. Ocean's 8, um, Miss Congeniality, Speed, While You Were Sleeping, um, what's the gravity? Yep. Is that five? Yeah, that's five. You got it. You are good, dude. Chris is, Chris is the champion. <laughs> he is the master of this game. Well, I just had the Oceans Association, and I was actually kind of pissed the other night because I wanted to see Oceans 8, and it's still not on demand, but it's not in the theaters anymore. Is it not in so, the theaters uh, As far as I know, a, it's uh, not. I mean, Do you have a discount, like a dollar theater in your town? That's probably where it is. <laughs> no, but the main theater in the town that I live in is usually about five bucks. So yeah. it, it's it's tantamount to that, but it's first run, so it's not even there. Yeah. 
It's good. I mean, I saw it when it first came out. It's good. It's not as good as its predecessors, but uh, but it's still it was, it was a decent movie. All right, let's get into some of the some of these news stories. Uh, first, um, I want to. We, it's been a couple of weeks since we actually recorded. I mean, we had an episode come out last week, but it's actually been like two weeks since we recorded. But since we recorded, we've had some Star Wars news come out. Uh, Star Wars and Marvel didn't really have a very big presence at Comic-Con a couple weeks ago. But after the con was over, Disney released an announcement of actors and actresses that are going to be in Episode Nine in some capacity. Uh, a lot of them were no surprise. Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Domhnall uh, Dom Gleeson, uh, <laughs> Kelly Marie, Marie Tran, uh, Junis Suatamo is returning as Chewbacca, and uh, Anthony Daniels is coming back as C-3PO. Oh, did you hear that they got BB-8 back finally? I didn't know that they had lost him. <laughs> <laughs> The new face to the saga is going to be Carrie Russell. Uh, she's joining the cast. I don't know who she's playing. They didn't really uh, flesh that that much out. But uh, the original cast members that are set to return, first of all, they announced that Mark Hamill will be returning as Luke, which is not a surprise that he's back, Because, but, but it's kind of a surprise that J.J. Abrams told us that he was going to be back because this seems like exactly the kind of thing that he would uh, he would love to lie about for the next year or so. <laughs> but he didn't. He let us know uh, right off the bat that uh, Luke is going to be back. Probably just didn't want to have to deal with trying to hide the fact that Hamill was showing up for shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and also – Go ahead, Chris. It's a main. It's a main saga movie. Luke is going to be in it. He's eternal now. I mean, spoilers. He's a Force ghost at this point, so yes. he can be right. anywhere, anytime, in any movie. Well, I, 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 I've been hearing a lot of fans automatically uh, saying, "Yeah, he's going to be. A, he's going to be a Force ghost," and you know, obviously, he is. Um, but I don't think that they're just going to do the the Obi Wan shows up as a Force ghost and just kind of says a few things. Because I, I think that if you, if you remember in The Last Jedi, and Last Jedi is on Netflix, so I've seen it recently. In The Last Jedi, uh, when we saw Force Ghost Yoda, he was nothing like the Force Ghost Obi-Wan that we saw, you know, in the, what was it, in, in Jedi. Return because Obi-Wan wasn't a puppet. Well, yeah, no, I mean, he was, <laughs> he was corporeal. He, he hit Luke on the head for one thing. You couldn't see through him. He was he was solid, and um, and also well, he, we don't he, know if Obi Wan could hit Luke on the head. That's not his his we, deal. So yeah, but I mean, you could you could like <laughs> see, you could see through him, and you couldn't see through Yoda. So I'm thinking that Luke is going to have a bigger part in the movie than we think. I don't think he's just going to show up for a scene or two. I think he's going to have an actual part in this movie. Um, and also, you know, the last thing that he said to Kylo Ren was, "I'll see you around, kid." And it's so so we're not necessarily going to see Luke coming back to do some some more training of Ray. It's like he's going to come back and haunt <laughs> haunt Kylo or something, and, and try and see, help him, him find and Yoda his putting lizards in Kylo's bed and snickering and. Just... <laughs> <laughs> do you think that maybe Yoda appeared more solid to Luke because Luke was closer to the edge, so to speak? He was he was ready to cross the veil onto whatever plane Yoda was on, so maybe Yoda was more substantial to him. Well, Luke was almost dead the first time that he saw Obi-Wan's ghost. Well, that's, that's, death is different than transcendence, I think, into 
whatever the force is, midichlorian yeah. heaven or whatever it is they go to. <laughs> yeah, because they, you know, the, one thing that has been hinted at uh, is that the whole force ghost thing is kind of started with Obi-Wan. Hmm. That nobody prior to that, although then then Lucas went through Anakin in there, but uh, you know, up up until the the, the rejiggering, uh, I and especially in in the in you know what the prequels said, it kind of sounded like Obi Wan and Yoda were kind of the first ones to figure out how to actually merge with the Force and become one with it. And I heard some rumors, you know, totally unsubstantiated, not even. Uh, EU kind of stuff that that was sort of some kind of explanation for why Obi-Wan aged 40 years in 20 because uh, yeah. they were they were working on that or somehow or something well they did make a there was a line at the end of Revenge of the Sith where Yoda told Obi-Wan that they had found a way for him to communicate with Qui-Gon so yeah. Qui-Gon may not come back may have not come back as a force ghost but his he was uh, he was dialing in on his uh, on his frequency somehow, <laughs> you know, but um, but you know it's also not abnormal for Disney to make up things just to throw people off because uh, when I was at this convention a couple weeks ago and John Anderson was there. Uh, John Anderson he's been on the show before. He he played a Ravager in uh, uh, Guardians two. He said that when they were filming Thor Ragnarok. They had uh, Michael, what's his name, that played Yondu in, in Guardians. Um, they had him come to Australia where they were filming Thor Ragnarok, get made up as Yondu, and just walk around on set. Just so people would see him and take his picture and everybody would think Yondu was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that makeup's not cheap. <laughs> and he's probably, Michael Worker's probably not cheap either. So yeah, they yeah, got money to burn the, over there. Yeah. Plus the fact that they, they gave us a, uh, they gave us an Avengers trailer that had Hulk running around on, uh, Wakanda and he wasn't there in the movie. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I believe Mark Hamill will be in this. I have a theory that he's going to have more of a, more of a role in the movie than what, uh, a lot of fans are saying, but you know, we'll find out next year sometime but we also got news that carrie fisher will be back as princess leia through unused footage from episode seven now i thought it was kind of odd that they specifically said unused footage from episode seven because she was also in eight but seven was the last one that abrams did so maybe he's been working on this for a while and just using the footage that he shot or something like that well, he is known to shoot a hell of a lot more than ever makes it into the film, so yeah. that doesn't surprise me at all. I'm hoping that they'll put together something with uh, Leia talking to Kylo, some kind of a scene with her and Kylo together, because we haven't had that yet, and I think we really we need that at, for, from a story standpoint, but uh, I don't know. I guess it's, it just depends on what they shot. <laughs> But uh, but I think it's cool that they're not. They said we're not going to try to do any kind of CGI, you know. We're and we're not going to have her die off screen and just mention at the beginning of the movie or something like that. You're actually going to see her as Princess Leia in this film. So so mm. that's pretty cool. Um, and also uh, Lando is back. Billy D. Williams is going to play uh, Lando again. <laughs> this is the part time. that worries me. Why? <laughs> 
Have you seen or heard Billy D lately? No. <laughs> Time is not being kind to that. He's man. still in Bespin in my head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there there are some people who age very gracefully, like Patrick Stewart or uh, uh, Meryl Streep. And then there are some people who you really you just want to keep the memory of of when they were young and vital and and not drooling all over themselves. Kind of, you know? I don't, can, I don't can know I if just he's that say bad. that I'm just I'm just going to go there, Rick. You can say the same thing about Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. And they I, were in the movie, and they were fine. You just got to accept the fact they're not nineteen anymore. And move but neither, neither of them. It, it's not that he's older. That that you know. I mean, that does. It is hard for me to look at Luke and Leia in in. Uh, the Force Awakens and, and The Last Jedi because I look in the mirror and I go, oh, f- I mean, uh, <laughs> sorry, <Sean. laughs> you know, I have the same reaction when I look at myself in the mirror, but I don't think there's a lot of Billy D left there right now. And I'm just afraid that, you know, like when did it did any of y'all see when Fox did the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show a couple of years ago? Uh-uh. Uh, it was dreadful. Um, but one thing that we were looking forward to is they had. Uh, are, are you all at least familiar with it? If I if I mention characters, yeah. you know who I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Um, they had Tim Curry playing the criminologist, except it was not the pleasant experience we all hoped it would be. It was the, oh my god, let that poor man just go to somewhere and die quietly in peace kind of thing it was it was it was sad as for, instead of nostalgic yeah he's not he's not doing well no this he you know he had a stroke or two and and uh it, it just it was not it was not a happy reunion it was a oh grandpa you should be in bed <laughs> <laughs> well, and, he, and i'll be happy to be wrong I'll, you know if if he comes in and he's all landoing it up and and you know He's just an older Lando, and he's still sharp and and does a great job. I'll I'll be happy to apologize, but I have a feeling that that's not what's going to happen. He was on. I mean, he was on Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> not too long ago. He didn't last very well, long you know, because he's got bad knees. But <laughs> well, they had him on doing a voice of was he he was voicing Lando on Rebels, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. At least and once just, I, I did see him yeah. on one episode, and it just it just he didn't even sound right. And yeah, maybe it's because the they were doing like the Adam West sort of thing where he was doing young Lando, but it was obviously a 70 year old man doing the voice. But yeah, that's the thing when they bring the, they bring these old guys back and they want to have them do the voice of a, of a young character. And they, they just, they don't sound <laughs> like a young yeah. character. You have an 80 year old man trying to mm. sound the same as he did when he was 30 is yeah. The but, first time I ever noticed that phenomenon was when they brought Mel Blanc back to do some Bugs Bunny cartoons in the 70s and it was just like what happened to Bugs's voice I mean still it was ostensibly <laughs> Bugs Bunny because it was Mel Blanc and it was the pitch was right and everything was right but it was just wrong yeah and I can see what you're saying if he's playing a younger Lando in the cartoon that must be weird it, yeah. yeah it just didn't work <laughs> yeah when, when they did those Adam West uh animated Batman films um they brought back was it Lee Merriweather that they brought back as Catwoman, or was it? Uh, no, it was Julie uh, um, oh, blanking on her Julie, name, Ju- Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar, yeah, yeah, the hot, the hot, she, hot Catwoman. Yeah, but but she sounded like she looked like Catwoman because it was a cartoon, 
but she sounded like my grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it just yeah, it didn't. It it was not. It just didn't sound right. But uh, but anyway, so Lando was a general in the in the alliance. So I'm wondering if they're bringing him. Maybe they had a story uh, all fleshed out before Carrie Fisher passed, and they now need somebody to fill some of those holes that they had her set to do. You know, as 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 part of the you know as a general or whatever, and maybe they're going to bring him in to kind of fill some of those holes. I don't know. I I, mm-hmm. I really don't want to watch Lando fill Carrie Fisher's holes. I'm Not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, Virginia, we're talking all over you. Did you have anything you wanted to add to any of that Star Wars stuff? I I'm kind of. I'm kind of torn on on Carrie Fisher being in episode nine because I'm glad it's not CGI, mm. but I kind of just I I mean I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it because obviously I wish she would be in the whole movie, but that's not going to happen. But using I'm very conflicted on it. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, if they're if they're gonna do it, I would I would rather them do it that way than right. like they did with Grand Moff Tarkin and uh, yeah. Uh, Rogue One because he just he didn't look right and I would not want the last time that I see a Carrie Fisher performance to just right. not look right to just look weird and be uncanny valley kind of stuff you know so so we'll see we'll you know see who would have been a you know who would have been a great Grand Moff Target is Charles Dance wow I don't, I'm not sure I know who that is that would have been amazing um. Uh, I think right now he's mainly in Game of Thrones. Oh no, he got killed off. In, spoiler alert! Uh-oh. From like season everybody, two, everybody does. Everybody no, I don't does think. Game uh, oh well, yeah, you're right. That was yeah around season yeah season two season three yeah. But, oh, I think um, I know who you're talking you, about. Yeah, you might know him uh, from Alien Three. He was Ripley's kind of love interest in that, <laughs> in the prison. You know, am I the only one that has any love for Alien Three? I mean, I've yes. seen Alien Three. Uh, <laughs> I think I think time. me and New Zealand are the only ones that love Alien Three. <laughs> I, I watched the director's view. cut, and it still it, it was better. But <laughs> the gonna... next movie on our list on the wait you've never seen is Alien. I've never seen Alien, so oh, I... oh yeah, I know Charles. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm glad the... I did not say what I was just about to say because my problem with Alien Three is something that neither version, both versions do because it happens before the opening credits even roll. And uh, uh, that's all I will say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played uh, the Lannister Papa on uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, we have some other news. Uh, moving on to the other side of the universe, there is Star Trek news. Uh, Star Trek Las Vegas was last weekend. The big news that everyone was waiting to hear was who are they going to have play Spock in Star Trek Discovery? What we actually got <laughs> was news that CBS All Access is going to be is going to be developing another series for their service that will bring Patrick Stewart back to play Jean Luc Picard. And I started to say to play Captain Picard, but he's probably not a captain at this point. <laughs> uh, and the internet. Lost its mind. Yeah, yeah, yes. It did. Because 
they automatically started assuming that they're going to be, it's going to be like a Star Trek The Next Generation reunion. And I'm like, they didn't say that. They said Patrick Stewart's coming back. They didn't say anybody else. But, um, we don't know a whole lot more than that. They, all that they told us was that it's going to be some sort of a story about the next phase of Picard's life after Star Trek Nemesis. Well, so, the, the details we have are it's 20 years after Nemesis. Yeah, he may not. Now, this this is Stewart's own words. I saw a longer. You know, they they released a you know a little bitty clip of mm. of his. What happened was uh, Alex Kurtzman was giving a talk at STLV, and he said uh, that what I need to tell y'all, I really don't feel qualified to tell you. So I'm going to bring someone out here to help me. And then Patrick Stewart came out, and of course the the whole place went crazy. And then he announced that there was that there was going to be this new series mm-hmm. and you know they first released like a, a minute and a half long clip of it where he says you know he says Jean-Luc Picard is back uh, it's going to be 20 years after Nemesis he may not be a captain he may not be the Jean-Luc that you recognize and know and love um, and that that's about all he said and then today I found a much longer clip that got released uh that was obviously recorded by someone in the audience, uh, where he did a rather lengthy prelude to it because I was a little nervous when I, you know, when I heard that they were going to do a, a Jean Luc show, I was like, oh, nah, I don't know, <laughs> uh, you know, that could go wrong in so many ways, you know, because yes, everybody got really excited, and a lot of people to whom TNG is their Star Trek or was their first Star Trek. They were just like, you know, like Richard Smith over at Simply Syndicated. He said he was like literally in tears when he heard Jean-Luc was coming back. Um, and I was just like, you know, Alien 3 is a, is a great example or or even better, Alien 4. Um, uh, Sigourney Weaver had a lot to do with Alien 3 and Alien 4 because she had these ideas for Ripley that were, pardon my French, but batshit crazy. And as she became more powerful – uh, some of these things that were kind of like, yeah, no, <laughs> in the earlier <laughs> movies, they were like, we can't tell her no anymore. Um, or Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, when nobody told George Lucas no this time about the freaking aliens. Um, you know, I I was really worried that it was, a, you know, one of those things of an actor deciding that he wants to do this role again and people going, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And then it being really bonkers and 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 nuts but uh what i watched today he gave a rather lengthy talk about why he decided after tng finished after they finished nemesis why he decided he had done everything he wanted to do with the character and he had no desire to ever revisit jean-luc again and this wasn't even his idea uh he says he got a he got a phone call to take a meeting about something that I knew I was going to say no to. And then Kurtzman talked him into it. And so they've apparently been working on it for the past six months. They don't have any scripts yet, but they've been knocking story ideas around and stuff. So Stuart is involved at that level in the, not even pre-production in the, 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 the visualization of, and he said that, uh, you know, 20 years later may not be the Jean-Luc you expect to see, uh, may not even be a captain anymore, um, but it's done with the same love and the same reverence and the same desire to please all of the fans who love TNG so much that it may be completely different 
but it's still going to be coming be coming from the place of 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 a love of the of the uh, uh, the franchise and a love of Star Trek and a love of the fans. Uh, so I am much much more at ease about what's coming down the pike now. Yeah, when they when they first started, you know, the rumor mill started over Patrick Stewart coming back about a month ago, and um, it's probably it's actually been longer than that. But it was really- more than that. Yeah, that was another reason I was worried because they were blowing up what sounded like, "Hey, Patrick, would you play Jean Luc again?" Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, was in context with the Tarantino movie, though. Yeah. And who knows if that's even going to happen? Because if it does happen, and that's a huge if, it's at least six years away. They all keep saying so. I mean, that's really? wow. su- yeah. That's such a nothing. I don't you know? think it's going to happen myself, but yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I was I was thinking when they first started the rumor mill um, a couple months back that. If they bring him back, it's probably going to be about another a different crew. Maybe it'll be like a Starfleet Academy show, and he'll just be there, like he'll be uh, an administrator or something like that. You know, he's not going to be the star. But this sounds like it's going to be, you know, he's actually going to have at least a very big role in a show. I don't know if it will be Picard, a Star Trek story or something like that, you know, but, um, and you know, this is all speculation, but we're podcasters speculate, you know, that's what we do. (laughs) But, um, if I had to guess, I would not subscribe to this being a, an ongoing series. Like, like this is going to be season one of something that's going to last five, six years. I would expect that this is probably going to be more of a, he's going to come back, he's going to do this 10 episode series and that's going to be it. You know, uh, we see a lot of that on TV now and I'm not opposed to it. You know, Patrick Stewart's not a young dude. (laughs) I don't know. He's in great shape for 73 or four, but uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he is. Um, I just, I, I don't know what, series television i don't know if he's going to be able to hold up to series tv the way that he was able to uh 20 years ago 25 years ago you know but mm-hmm. uh but you know what's we'll i mean they'll come out with a season we'll see i mean i'm i'm whatever it is i'm sure it's going to be good i, I mean I'm, I'm not expecting a suck fest or anything like that but uh but they also announced that not only are they making this but they're going to make enough new star trek shows and miniseries and films and stuff for CBS All Access that uh, the goal is for CBS All Access to have new Star Trek on year-round. Which would be and awesome. I'm loving it. Well, yeah. that's one way to get people to pay for their service every month, I guess. Yeah, I mean... Well, I think they saw a serious dip in subscriptions once uh, Star Trek went off the, you know, finish. Once, they had once, to. once Discovery finished. They, um, they had to have. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I I had unsubscribed, so you know they had to notice. Yeah, <laughs> they also uh, they said that you know Netflix carries Discovery everywhere, but in the U.S., you know, overseas and in Canada and all that, it's on Netflix. And they asked him, "Well, are all these new shows going to be on Netflix?" And they said, "Well, according to the contract that we have with Netflix, the only thing that we have to give that we have to put on Netflix." are uh, Star Trek Discovery and anything that's spun off of Star Trek Discovery. So if it's a Star Trek series, but mm-hmm. it's not a spinoff character from that show, 
it doesn't have to go to Netflix. They can shop around and put it somewhere mm-hmm. else if they want, or they can spread CBS All Access more international than it is now. So that would be that would mm-hmm. that would grow their numbers too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go around the table. I mean, the Picard news is really huge, and we're speculating on what it might be. But what what don't you want it to be? What what is it that you're dreading seeing? I don't... I'm so glad they've said that it's not going to be a rehash of TNG because that's I would I would not watch that. Well, I would watch it, but yeah, <laughs> you're like I'll, I'll watch it, but I won't be happy about it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh. Yeah, I don't want to see what we've been getting lately. All these, they keep calling them reboots, but they're not reboots. They're reunions, like Will and Grace had a reunion and Roseanne had a reunion. I don't want to see them just try to figure out a way to get all of the characters that they can back. Now, I would not be surprised if one or two Next Generation characters show up on this new show. Like if Riker were there, or... Uh, Wharf showed up or something like that. that would not surprise me, but I don't want to see. Oh, we've got to get the band back together for one more mission. You know, I, I don't. I don't want to see that <laughs> because it, okay. I don't think it would make sense. I don't uh, to all these characters. They've been off of the Enterprise now for uh, Nemesis came out in what oh three, so it's been about fifteen years or so. Um, they would have spread out all over the place. It would not make sense to have those characters all come back and do a mission together. So I don't, I don't want to see that. And Data is dead. <laughs> well, not really. No, I, I know. On. I know. Yeah. They, 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 can, they can ride away for him to come back because he had that Dosex Machina show up in, <laughs> in, yeah. uh, in Nemesis. But, you know. However, I really don't see, think we're going to see a, a, a 60-year-old B4. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work. Yeah, were they gonna come up with? Some, they're gonna write in some aging program. Oh yeah, his aging program kicked in. They, they've already mentioned. Yeah, they've already mentioned that in in, in various ways. Um, yeah. The only thing I don't want to see, I, I really haven't given much thought to what I don't want it to be, um, or even what I want it to be, because it you know it, the, there is such a, a paucity of information. So. You know, like yeah, like you said, we're we're speculating in a vacuum here. But my only my only wish is that I don't want to see something that is so drastically out of character for Jean Luc that we have to fight every minute to suspend disbelief. You know, yeah. if no, if no, this is John, hmm? I think that a lot of people would have said that about First Contact, and to me, that was the best Next Gen movie. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Oh yeah, and but I that is not realize... the Jean Luc of the series. No. That's but the Jean Luc action hero. It wasn't that far removed from, you know, it wasn't like so bizarre that were like he would have never done that. It took me watching the Red Letter Media review of First Contact to go, oh yeah, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess that was kind of not really. Um, you know, there was some bits about it that that. that I'm sorry to quite... derail what you were saying, Rick. But oh, that's okay. I, I think I, I get what you what you're saying though because to fundamentally change the character in some way to fit maybe a current zeitgeist of things being darker yeah, or edgier. I don't know if I want to see that. I, I kind of see this as maybe the best opportunity the franchise has had since it premiered. B4 
because you can do anything with Jean-Luc at this point. And if they want to use this as a starting point to make a, I guess, what what they're going to call like a Star Trek multiverse or a universe or an interconnected universe with different shows going on at different times. I mean, he could he could he could start a trend of it not being another freaking starship, not being another what we've been seeing for the last 50 plus years. And really changing the paradigm so that it, it, it really can be anything. I just want to see something different. I mean, yeah. as much as I love Discovery and I love, you know, everything that we're seeing that's coming out on season two, it's still your run of the mill Star Trek premise. And I think if you have Sir Patrick Stewart, who's capable of being so much more than, you know, saying make it so on the bridge. And give him a vehicle that lets him explore all of that. Make it more like family instead of like Encounter at Farpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be happy if this was, you know, Jean-Luc and at the, you know, on his, his family's winery. With his Spreading <laughs> over and... this year's crop of grapes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. would love Jean-Luc Picard, the um, archaeologist. That would be pretty fascinating, I think. But also open up the Star the Star Trek universe more than the bridge of a starship in the sense that there's so much going on. You have a federation of planets. It's such a huge concept that anything can fit into. And we've only seen – like you always say, Rick, you've only seen it through this, this microscopic sliver or this, this, this lens when you talk about when people say, well, that wasn't in canon and that wouldn't happen. Well, no, you've only seen like you know 79 minutes or whatever of this one particular day. Yeah. So don't say that it couldn't because maybe you just haven't seen it. And I feel like, well, we've only ever seen, like, say, Klingon Society, the warrior cast. Okay, um, there's got to be more to the Empire than a bunch of guys hitting each other's with batlets. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so I'd like to see that because I'm not a special Next Gen fan, but I am a Patrick Stewart fan. And I think he could knock it out of the park and maybe bring a much broader sense to the Star, Star Trek universe. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, what they also said, as far as uh, CBS All Access News, they are developing a reboot of The Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele, who did uh, Get Out. He won an Academy Award for Get Out. And if you've seen Get Out, mm. I think that he is a perfect fit for Twilight Zone. Um, I think reboot is an inc- is is a, an inaccurate word to, to uh-huh. revisit. Not even that <laughs> revival. The Twilight revival. Yeah, revival. revival. There you go. Yeah, because it was not a. It was not. You know, it it was not. It's an anthology. Yeah. A show. Yeah, it's an right. anthology. So, uh, it's not so. It's not a reboot or rehash. It's just a new series of of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, they're just bringing mm-hmm. Twilight Zone back. But uh, yeah. Jordan Jordan Peele is going to be behind it, and I think. I think he'll do it. H- have you guys seen Get Out? Any of you? Mm-mm. No, I, I saw it. Yeah, I, I I didn't think it was especially great. I think it had a <laughs> lot of. I think it had a lot of story problems. I think that um, I, I know why it hit the way it did because of the message that it had. But I think just on like a basic story level, the film suffered from a lot of logical inconsistencies. I get that. So I I I enjoyed the experience of watching it. I understand why everybody thought it was this breakout thing, but at the same time, the writer in me is saying this just doesn't work. So, well, it was full know. of tropes, but but the, but it, it it played with the tropes, and I and it was I don't know it was it was it was a fresh take on some of those uh, some of those tropes that we've seen 
a thousand times. And, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, sure. Yeah, it was fresh. It was different. But was it logically consistent? I I got issues. That's all. <laughs> Sounds like me with it, man, doesn't it? Send, send your hate <laughs> <Yeah>. mail. <laughs> no, they're also bringing a they're they're doing a series of the stand, Stephen King's The Stand, which really needs to be a series more than it needs to be a movie. When, when did they announce this? <laughs> At the same, you know, the same press release huh. that they put the rest. I missed of that. Somehow I missed that. Somebody alert Skipper Morton. <laughs> Stephen King's The Stand, uh, and. I don't know. Okay, so CBS doesn't have a great track record with Stephen King properties because they did Under the Dome. Um, and Under the Dome was awful. The first season was great because the first season actually followed the book. But then season two, <laughs> they uh, they started going off and doing their own thing and it really started, uh, started suffering. So I kind of worry about that. But the stand... There's a lot more stuff in it. I think it can be fleshed out, and you can easily do two or three seasons of ten episodes each uh, of the stand. And uh, so, I look forward to seeing what they do with it. We'll we'll find out, I guess. Um, well, thanks. <laughs> you're not a Stephen King guy, anyway. But uh, I am not. I, I the stand is a book I did try to read, and I oh my, you know, God, God bless y'all if you like Stephen King. Uh, because there certainly is enough of it out there for you, but I just cannot deal with it. Uh, <laughs> I when I tried to read the stand, I think I read the first two or three chapters, and then I sort of drifted off and read another book. And then I'd come back and read a chapter, and it was so unpleasant that I would read a whole other book and then try again. And that was the book that finally convinced me. That gave me my epiphany when I was like, I am having so much trouble reading this book and I am not enjoying it at all. And I just, I don't want to read any more of it. And then like the little angel or devil, I don't know which one did it, uh, sitting on my shoulder went, you don't have to like Stephen King. <laughs> and I went, oh, the heavens opened up. <laughs> and it was like, I don't, do I? <laughs> There's no rule that says, yeah, you don't. <laughs> I mean, I think his stories are probably pretty good. I've, I've enjoyed some of the movies. Um, like, I I may be one of the five people in the world that enjoyed Christine, just because it was like a good old-fashioned monster movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I tried to read the book, and again, I couldn't get very far into it. Um, well, that was his... That went, Chris, wasn't that his first book? Christine? No, Carrie was his first oh, book. Oh, Carrie was his first one. That's right. I think Christine might have been his fourth or fifth. I'm not a, I'm not a king aficionado. I mean, I did the show, but uh, and I've read a lot of his <laughs> stuff, but I, I couldn't tell you chapter and verse what he wrote when. But I think I think Christine came out sometime after different seasons. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. See, Steve, I could be Steve, wrong. Stephen King and Ray Bradbury are in the same uh, in the same temple of heresy for me in that they come up with great stories. But I can't. I just can't read their stuff. Their their writing style is just something I just absolutely cannot cope with. All right, well, that's fair. I mean, and he's got the thing is with King to me, he's got a very sort of comfortable writing style that's easy to slip into as a reader, mm-hmm. and I envy that when I read his books because some of the stuff it just shouldn't work, but there's just some kind of talent there, some kind of spark he has that that for me anyway keeps you engaged even if you're not particularly liking this segment or or whatever i i do find a reason to go on 
having done a reread of some of this stuff recently for Castle Rock, um, yeah, the same show. Uh, some books aren't what I remembered them to be, but I think that the base talent is still evident. So that's where I guess we differ, Rick. But mm-hmm. if I was going to recommend any book to give a shot, just try The Shining. If you can't get through that, then there's no hope for any Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, it's not a huge book. It's only a couple hundred pages, maybe 300 pages, something like that. But it is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, by, by Stephen King standards, that's a novella for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I, I swear the further he gets into his career, he must get paid by the inch or something because he just tries to make his make his books thicker and thicker and, <laughs> and thicker. Uh, but it also it, it goes back to the phenomenon that we were talking about earlier where you're so successful that no one really tells you no anymore. Yeah. yeah. They Put know that no matter what it's going to sell, you know, and I'm sure he's got editors that are, work, you know, studiously and whatever, but it's still Stephen King at this point. Yeah, because the, you know? the first draft of The Stand that he wrote was like 500 pages longer than the one that was actually put out. Because yeah, And they put, put out, out oh, they put out that longer later. version. Yeah, yeah he yeah. put out oh. his cut later, and it was way longer. <laughs> yeah, and Rick, you know, I'm, right, I'm right with you with The Stand, and I finished it, but wow, I cannot recommend it to anybody. <laughs> so. Now, Stephen King, the dude, I you know I get a kick out of him. I, I, I love him on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I love how unabashedly liberal he is. Um, I loved Creepshow. Creepshow was one of my all-time favorite movies, and I even loved him in it. <laughs> so, uh, Jordy, he was awesome in that. Yeah. <laughs> Fair luck. Always in. Always bad. <laughs> uh, Meteor shit. Sorry. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. Hey, you listener. Do I have everybody's attention now? Do you like professional wrestling? What? If so, you'll love Review-O-Mania, where Rob and Zach break down every WrestleMania. You'll hear about great epic matches by the likes of Hulk Hogan. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah! Ric Flair. Just stealing! Woo! Wheeling, dealing! Limousine right! Jet flying! Son of a gun! Bret Hart. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart, you are a zero, my hero. John Cena. The chair is here! Brock Lesnar. Suplex City, bitch. And so many more that I don't have time to even name. Check out Review Mania right here on CosmicPotato.com. Or on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker. It's a happening right here on CosmicPotato.com. Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we are the hosts of the World War G podcast, along with Colton, but he's not here right now. Yes, yeah, so pay no attention. Uh, and we're a podcast about everything geek. We talk about uh, movies, television, video games, comic books. Uh, we got movie commentaries, the occasional taste tests, like these lovely pina colada Oreos. Just don't try the Coke ones. No. Dang, what do we say after that? <laughs> Dang it. Um, so oh, okay. I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can find us right here at CosmicPotato.com or at WorldWarG.Podbean.com. Or wherever else you get your podcasting fix. And as always, stay geeky, my friends. Yeah! <laughs> 
everybody, this is Ming Shen from Ancy's Comic Book Men. My favorite podcast. Even better than my own. Even better than all of Kevin's. Even better than that Mark Barron guy or that Joe Rogan or the Nerdist. Screw all of them. It's all about Cosmic Potato, everybody. Listen, love it, and then listen again. All we right. derailed this, Sean. What, what other news, Sean? Well, in other news, we have another character returning to uh, television. Let me cue this up. Has anybody seen the yellow ribbon? I don't know. What color is it? Ha! Yeah! I kill me! <laughs> Alf is returning. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Alf is returning to television. Uh, or at least they are in uh, early the early stages of bringing him back to uh to TV, and there's really not a whole lot of story here because they haven't said what it is that they're doing. If it's going to be another sitcom, you know, they had that sitcom in the '80s that ended on a cliffhanger because it got canceled, and they didn't know it was going to be canceled, so they ended the season on a cliffhanger where Alf is uh, taken by the government and they they haul him off, and then the show just never came back. So, is Alf dead? I don't know. <laughs> and then a few years later, they made a TV movie that kind of told uh, what happened to him after that. And he was in Area 51, and he was being uh, tested and all this kind of stuff. And and But now they're talking about bringing him back, and the, the idea is that he escapes from Area 51, and now he's got to hide out with a different family and that kind of stuff. So I was talking about this with a couple of guys from work, and, uh, and I said, uh, you know what, I would not be opposed to an ALF, and they can't, they call it a reboot. It's not a reboot. You know, this is going to be a reunion or whatever, just another ALF show. I would not be opposed to it if, number one, ALF needs to look exactly the same as he did. They don't need to make any changes. And number two, they need to put it on Netflix so that he can curse all the time. <laughs> it's a, ALF with a potty <laughs> mouth, I think, would be <laughs> would be hilarious. But uh, other than that, it's uh, ALF was one of those shows that I watched when I was a kid. You know, I was like in the third grade when it was on fourth grade question mark and um you go back and watch it later and you're like man this is really not very good (laughs) but i thought it was hilarious you know when i was a kid and and do you guys remember him in like 2000 some like 2003 four something like that they had a talk show and alf was the host of it for a while on cable oh my god why does that sound so familiar it was I, what, I think it was called something like Alf Tonight or something. And Ed McMahon was his co-host, and uh, and it's like an actual talk show. Celebrities would come on, and he would interview them, and all this. And it was just Alf sitting behind a desk, looking like Johnny Carson, and all that kind of stuff. And it lasted like maybe I don't know fifteen twenty episodes or something like that before it finally they finally decided this is not a good idea. <laughs> Alf's hit talk show. Um, That's what Wikipedia says. Seven episodes. What, what year? No, seven episodes. What year was it? 2004. Okay. Yeah, so in the that general area. So, yeah, see, I, I had to look up Alf because I have never seen so much as two minutes of the show. And it was on from 86 to 90. And, uh, yeah, that explains it because I wasn't watching much TV at that time because uh, I was a uh, theater student. And very heavily uh, <laughs> inebriated, let's say, <laughs> for most of those years. <laughs> what, what was it, 86 to 90? 
Yeah. Yeah, I was 16 to 20. I was not in watching Alf. Yeah, see, I, <laughs> yeah. But I was I was a kid. I was like in the four, yeah. third and fourth grade, something like that. So I was watching it, and uh, and I remember at the time, it, it, I thought it was great. And like every week, I got to watch Alf. And then it was weird because the show, when it first started, it was just marketed as a regular sitcom. It wasn't marketed as a kid's show. And they would even have Alf drink beer. And he made a lot of jokes about eating a cat. You know, because on his planet they ate cats, you know. And uh, and they even had him uh, put the cat in the microwave one time. They had to stop doing that because some kids somewhere actually put their cat in the microwave and it didn't end well. <laughs> oh, and, my Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and so the second season you didn't see Alf drink beer and stuff like that. It was, it was more kid-friendly. They started doing stuff like... Uh, there was one episode where in the first scene of the show he was he was doing something like he had an electric blender or something in the in the bathtub for some reason and he dropped it in the water and electrocuted himself and knocked himself out and he had a dream that he was on Gilligan's Island and Bob Denver and all all the all all them were there, you know. And um and then some kid actually tried to shock himself in the bathtub. So when they when they reran the episode, they had to uh, they had to reshoot that that first scene, and this time it was like a manual egg beater that he was trying to give himself like a jacuzzi bath or something, and and he ended up like hitting his head on something, and and he passed out. So, uh, so, so after, I really didn't miss anything, is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> so after it became kid friendly, that's when they they came out with the Saturday morning cartoon and all that kind of stuff, you know. So I would expect if this is coming back. It's probably going to be like a kid's show. It's not going to be... You won't see it on NBC at 7 o'clock at night. You'll see it on like the Disney Channel at 4 in the afternoon or something like that. So, here's, well, right. here's maybe what I want to see. I want to see Invasion Alf. I want to see Battle Los Angeles only with Alfs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah, but the thing is... See, the whole storyline is that he's the last of his kind. I think there were there were like a handful... That's his, what his, he says. His planet exploded, <laughs> so there's like a handful of them that survived or whatever, and he wound up on Earth. So I've got a... Uh, here's another clip for you. <laughs> there's hair in this tuna fish. I like it. So a lot of clips like that. A lot of jokes like that. <laughs> they had like a really big... Uh, uh, bad publicity thing that happened back then. Um, there was a video that came out that showed Alf like sitting on a bed. They, they were filming a scene. He was laying laying on the bed and he was cursing and he was dropping the n word and all this kind of stuff. And uh, and what it, what it was is the guy that was doing the puppeteering was trying to, like, between scenes, he was doing a parody of an episode of L.A. Law that had come out, like, the night before. Like, it came on TV the night before, and there was a guy in that episode that had Tourette Syndrome. And he kept dropping the, the N-word and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, so, and so the guy that's doing the outfit between scenes, he's like, oh, I'll be funny, and he's doing all this stuff. Well, somebody recorded it, and it got out, you know. So I don't know if that had anything to do with the show going away. Or what? They also said that that set was very, very dangerous because uh, they were walking basically on planks, and the puppeteer was having to walk below them. But the actors had to look straight ahead of them 
because they're supposed to be standing on a floor as far as the story goes. So there was always danger of them stepping off and falling six feet to the, <laughs> to the floor below them. So it just uh, doesn't seem worth it for Alf. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you go back now and you watch it. And I, I don't know why this is something that they want to bring back. I would not expect that it will be back for very long. <laughs> I have what one weird Alf-related story. Can I tell it quick, quick? Sure. I never, ever watched Alf, but it turns out that Albert Burge, who created the Quantum Leap podcast, Albie is a huge fan of the Alf comics and Alf and everything. So now whenever I go into a comic book shop, I look for Alf comics and Quantum Leap comics because I collect for myself the Quantum Leap run. It's only 13, but there are a bunch. Marvel did a whole Alf series, and about a year ago, a discount store around here on Long Island called Savers um, I guess somebody gave up somebody's ALF collection, and about 15 or 20 books came out in that store over the course of a couple of weeks, and I kept on going and getting them for like 50 cents each. And so I have about 20 copies of ALF in my garage that I still have to send to Albie. But <laughs> one of them is like – get ready with your blooper sound effect. It's like him f- a seal on the cover and the thing is worth like it's worth 60 yeah, bucks or I've so seen, i've seen that oh yeah. my goodness <laughs> and yeah. i found it for like 50 cents and i'll be you'll still get it if you're listening i promise i'll send them someday but it's just i never watched elf i never knew anything about elf and all of a sudden you know it's some weird part of my life and i look for elf comics all the time some artist somewhere got a kick out and i can't believe they're actually gonna <laughs> let me draw this i got it <laughs> I just found it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Well, it was, I think exactly it was like the second, like. the second to last, the second to last issue, I think, or the third to last. So they knew the comic book was coming to an end, and they said like it didn't meet the comic book seal of approval. It was like a pun on like the comics code seal. It says caution: oh, yeah. do not buy if safety seal is missing. <laughs> right. And so I think that really what it was was the comic book being, you know, as as irreverent as it could be because they knew they were going away anyway. Yeah. Yeah, the comic I think was based on the cartoon series more than it was. It wasn't the show because the cartoon series was like a prequel that took place before his planet exploded. So he, he he's with his family and they're all they all look like this alien or whatever. And I think that's what the comic book was based off of. So no, from what I can tell, from what I've seen, they all seem like they're on Earth. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah. so maybe they're both. Yeah. Why not? Be. Um. Has has anybody seen any good movies lately? Not it. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> I, I haven't been to the movies lately. Okay. Well, I, I saw... I did see Christopher Robin last week. Uh, it is fun. It's a very fun movie. I'm not going to say it's the best thing in the world, but the graphics were very impressive. The movie... The story is full of heart, and... Um, they got the characters like exactly right. Uh, Ewan McGregor was fine, but really that part could have been played by anybody because nobody was there to see Ewan McGregor. They were there to see Pooh and Piglet and Tigger and Eeyore. Jim Ke- Jim Cummings came back and did the voice of Pooh and he did the voice of Tigger, and really, I mean, spot on. It was like he never stopped, you know. So I do recommend that. And uh, Rick, I'm surprised. I thought you were going to see it already. We we were my my. Last week was completely dominated by my wife's family coming down to visit. Yeah. So my my uh, mother and father in law, my uh, my wife's brother and his wife and their six month old 
uh, baby. I'm a nephew, or I'm a nephew. I'm an uncle for the first time ever. Oh, cool. um, at my age, it's it's a little weird. <laughs> um, you know, my brother has had many dogs, but uh, he will never spawn. I don't think, not if not, if, not yet. Mm-hmm. If it hasn't happened yet, um, so I had planned to take Sharon to see it on Sunday after they left, but we were all just so wiped out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I still, I still intend to. I think she'll like it. Uh, you, you said that that it's very child friendly. I've had other people say that that she would like it. Yeah, it's um, a, it's a little slow at the. They, they do a good job because the very beginning, like before the credits, they have a scene in the Hundred Acre Woods with all the characters and everything because they know that the story is going to slow down for a good fifteen minutes after that. As they start, it's okay show. if it's at the beginning. It's yeah. if it's slow in the middle is when she starts. You know, will fidget the building down. No, it, no, it it picks back up once he uh, goes back to the hundred acre wood and everything. But he uh, there's a there's a, a spoilers, at, dude. <laughs> there's a chunk at the beginning where they're showing a montage where he grows up and and goes off to war and that kind of stuff, and then and then it comes back later on so but uh but other than that i mean it it, it was good i liked it how many um, boxes of tissues should i bring uh <laughs> for you <laughs> for you <laughs> a couple <laughs> probably uh my wife Chris, i don't know if you've heard me say it i can't get through the damn trailer for that movie without bawling my eyes <laughs> yeah no I, i'm a regular listener to the show and i'm a, i'm actually surprised you haven't seen it either i know that you were really looking for i didn't even know that this was a thing until i heard you guys talking about it on the last episode I've been going to the movies a lot over the last couple of years because or over the last year because I've had movie pass, which ugh, movie pass past tense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but um, so I've seen this trailer in front of almost every movie that I've seen for the last three months. You know, so so I knew it was coming. Uh, another and I, I completely off my radar. No, no trailers, no anything. But I guess maybe because the only thing I'm seeing in the movies these days is. You know, like Infinity War. So, <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, yeah, you guys, you guys go see a lot of kids' pictures, right? I no, I don't really. I mean, I we, do, we, we do. Go, <laughs> I mean, I mean, by kids' pictures, I mean like cartoons and Pixar. And I stuff. do go see animated films. Yeah, like Pixar that's to me is kids' pictures. Stuff. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't go see Peter Rabbit, and I didn't go see. Uh, uh, what was the what was the one with Adam Sandler playing Dracula that came out where he's on a cruise? That was ship? Transylvania Hotel Transylvania Three. It actually wasn't bad. Yeah, I didn't see that. I, I can now say <laughs> I've sat through an entire Adam Sandler film for the first time ever. <laughs> um, I, I went and saw Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, now, usually when a movie series reaches number six, the quality goes down. But with Mission Impossible, they get better. This movie was awesome. Yeah, it was long. It was like two and a half hours long, um, but it was great. And when they call it Mission Impossible, they are correct because the climax puts them. <laughs> they put them in an impossible situation, and I was like, "How are they going to get out of this?" You know. But you know, in, in your in the back of your mind, like, well, they're you know they're going to do it. <laughs> but uh, right, let me ask you an on, a, a question, and I want an honest answer if you can without spoiling. Okay. Okay. I was a fan of Mission Impossible, the TV show. So when the first movie came out, I was excited. And I'm going to spoil the ending of Mission Impossible 1 TFB, folks. If you haven't seen it yet, it's your own fault. Uh, 
when it turned out that Jim Phelps was the bad guy, I was so angry, I haven't gone back since. The movies have had nothing to do with the show since then. Um, okay. The only the only thing related to the TV show is uh, stuff like they put on masks a lot and d- and disguise themselves as somebody else, and you'll see them pull off the mask, and you know th- those kinds of things, and and the and the theme music. But basically, these are just like really big action movies. It's it's like a okay. CIA type. I mean, it's it's uh, the Impossible Mission Force, but CIA type missions and stuff, and it's just Tom Cruise doing a bunch of stunts and and fight sequences and stuff like that. And, okay, because because you know it it would have been the equivalent of in Star Trek the motion picture if they'd gotten to the center of Eager and found Jim Kirk sitting there going, ah, it was me all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now I, when I went to see the original Mission Impossible, it was that came out in like ninety five, ninety six, something like that. So I was like right out of high school. I had I knew what Mission Impossible was, but I had never sat down and watched an episode. So that didn't phase me at all. I didn't even know who that guy was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. but, uh, but after that, I mean, after that movie, they don't really have anything to do with the TV show. I mean, he's a completely okay. different guy. You know, he's Ethan, what's he called? Ethan Hunt. Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Jim Phelps or whatever. Okay. So, yeah, maybe I'll give it a chance then. Yeah. Uh, don't start with this one though. Go, <laughs> you need to, go no, 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 no. Yeah. I, you don't have to watch I, I, the whole series to know, but you do need to watch the last one. So you need to watch Mission Impossible 5 to know what's going on. Because this one is, they keep saying it's not, but it is. It's a direct sequel to the last one. So, um, But I was angry. There was one thing that made me angry. I was angry at DC and Warner Brothers because they kind of ruined the twist. And if you don't, if you don't know, if you haven't heard all the crap that happened over Justice League when they decided they needed to bring back uh, Henry Cavill to, to redo some scenes for Justice League he had grown they put in the press releases and stuff he had grown a mustache because he's playing the villain in Mission Impossible Fallout now, if right. I had not is heard that, that, is that a twist of the movie? That's the twist. Yeah, that he's the bad oh, guy. Oh, really? Yeah. I see. And I just, I just went in assuming. I haven't seen it, but I assumed that he was the bad guy because of all that. Yeah. They well, they it, they introduce him as just he's he's with the CIA mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be there. He's supposed to be helping Ethan, and you find out that he's the guy that they're looking for. You know, and I'm not spoiling because they already spoiled it, spoiled it last year. <laughs> hmm. You know, DC and uh, Warner Brothers did when they when they said, "Oh, he's playing the villain." I'm like, well, "You shouldn't have told me that because now I know that." It didn't ruin the movie, but it ruined the twist because I already knew it. So, and now all of our I, listeners know it, but they already did. Yeah, so. You know, I think like <laughs> ruining the twist of a movie like this is like ruining the quote twist. You can't see my air quotes of like a Fast and Furious movie. It's really <laughs> not about that. Right. Right. Uh, one other news story that I had was that uh, Yippie Kaye were getting another Die Hard movie, and I think I actually mentioned <laughs> this a while back, but. Um, Lynn Wiseman, who directed, he directed a couple of the Underworld movies, and he did the remake of Total Recall, and he was the director of Live Free or Die Hard, which was not the last Die Hard movie, but the one before that. And somebody interviewed him over at uh, birthmoviesdeath.com, and he said a few things about the next installment. The main thing is they're totally going to do 
like a Godfather Part Two thing, because Bruce Willis is going to be there playing John McClane, but he's going to have all these flashbacks to the seventies, and there's going to be another story going on with his younger self in his first uh, case or whatever, you know. And we're going to are see, they de aging him or is someone else going to play? They're going to have somebody else play him. Okay. Too. They're going to have like a younger a younger person play. Uh, and at first I was thinking, oh, well, they'll get uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he did the younger Bruce Willis and Looper. But actually, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is too old to play a 20-something <laughs> yeah, at this point. And isn't that a mind bleep? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's 37 years old now, so he can't No, play. no, yeah. Yeah, no, Joseph, that can't Joseph, be possible. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt is 37 years old. He can't play oh, man. 25-year-old John McClane. So uh, there you go. I think I got to go measure myself for a coffin. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's pretty much all I've got for this week. If you got, uh, well, I did want to. I did want to. I, I, I kind of teased it a second ago. Movie Pass is falling apart, <laughs> and I did want to kind of rant about it for a minute because it made me angry. Uh, something that they did to me. Um. If you don't know, and I've talked about it on the show because I loved it when it started. MoviePass was a ser- service that they've been around for a while, but they just started about a year ago with a a, a new tier of their program where you can uh, pay ten dollars a month, and you can see they what they advertised was all the movies you want. Uh, you couldn't see 3D, you know, you couldn't see IMAX stuff like that. But and it worked great when we first got it. And it worked great for months. You know, every time we go to the movies, we just pull up the app on our phone, we check in, we go in, buy our tickets with the card that they gave us, and it was great. Now, they're falling apart because they're running out of money. And I'm convinced that they never really expected to survive, that they just wanted to get shareholders and get investors and then get out, you know, and, you know, cash grab kind of thing. Because they started a a, uh, a thing about a month ago where they did peak pricing. If you went to see a new movie, like say I went to go see Infinity War on opening day, then they knew a lot of people were going to go want to go see Infinity War. So they would tell you, oh, well, you have to pay $3 more to be able to see Infinity War on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Okay, that's still cheaper than a ticket price. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Well, they started getting to where they were charging you the peak pricing for almost every show on the weekend and then uh what tore it for me what made me finally cancel was that we went to see a a, a movie at 4 30 in the afternoon on a thursday it wasn't even the weekend and they told me on my app well you're gonna have to pay eight dollars more to see this movie i was like eight dollars a ticket's only 6.99 right now <laughs> so wow. I'm, I'm paying you ten dollars a month so i can pay two dollars more for a ticket you know so uh or a dollar more a dollar more for a ticket so uh so i went and i canceled the service we're not doing that anymore we signed up for amc uh a class because three of the movie theaters that are around us are all amcs and they let you see three movies a week and it's 20 bucks a month you know so if you go to the movies twice a month, which we do, at least that, you're gonna you're gonna save money on it. So, so there's that. And now they're and, and they just came out yesterday and said that, uh, yeah, it's not one movie a day anymore. You can use you can use MoviePass to see three movies a month, like three movies a month. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, MoviePass. You know, so wow, MoviePass can suck it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's what I went in the, in the show on. So, um, <laughs> show the titles. Yeah. Asking, uh, sucking. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for being here today. A pleasure as always, Sean. Thank you for having me. And Virginia, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. And Rick, as always. Yeah, whatever. Uh, no, thank you. It's always fun, sir. And uh, be sure to join us next week on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say... Similarity number 12. Life is just like a movie, except your stunt double is just you when you're drunk. <laughs> be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. Kill me!